Hello folks, this is Chopping It Up with CJ. I'm your host, Chris James, and this is episode five of Fantasy Football Fridays here on season three of the Chopping It Up with CJ podcast. For those of you all who are new to the show, welcome. For those of you all who are not, welcome back. Get some uh, housekeeping out of the way. Uh, If you have not done this yet, feel free to, and you should, subscribe to the show so you can get updates and review the show. Uh, hopefully give me five stars, but if I deserve less than that, hey, go for it. Hopefully I learn something. If I unfortunately do deserve less than five stars, but let's be honest, hopefully I get those five stars. Um, you can also follow me for the best and most updated football related content on Twitter slash X. And my handle is at CJ Florida nine. It's at CJ, the entire state of Florida spelled out in the number nine. Let's jump into it. So this is Fantasy Football Fridays. I'm going to tell you the truth. I am here at 910 p.m. Central Standard Time doing Fantasy Football Friday on Saturday, October 7th. Now, I'm trying to get these things back in order and I'm getting there slowly. A lot of the Fantasy Football Fridays have been mostly kind of recap stuff and discussion pieces. I want to get back to the rankings. So I wanted to get this done tonight. So you have tonight to download it or in the morning prior to the kickoffs. But it did give me the option and opportunity, I should say at least, opportunity to hopefully get as much information as feasibly possible. Um, As some of you all may know, I do a weekly TV spot for PIX11 in New York City, and I record that early in the week. So I try my best to try to hedge against things that I really think might happen with injured players because it's not helpful to get information on guys who show up on the injury report later in the week. Obviously, if someone gets injured at practice on a Friday when I recorded a couple of days earlier, that's different. But if I know a guy's going into it like a Saquon Barkley as an example, this week. I wasn't going to tell you to start or sit him because I look like a clown saying sit Saquon Barkley while well, he was ruled out uh, before the show. Oh, well, I look like a clown. So this gives me more runway, more opportunities so I can make some decisions on some of these guys. So without further ado, we're going to jump into the rankings. Now, here's how I do the rankings. I do 15 quarterbacks, 20 running backs, 25 wide receivers, 10 tight ends, and 10 defense special teams. For each of those, I do a sleeper. I'll tell you basically kind of the the realm of where a sleeper sits for me. As an example, quarterback, I do 15 as a ranking. Someone who's outside the top 20 is a sleeper to me, Uh, especially when we get these bye weeks in. I try to give you someone who is further out if possible, but with buys like we've just started here in week five, it's a little more difficult. So that's what I'll be doing. I'll also be giving you my go play and go pre lineups. Now, what does that mean? It means these are guys that you're likely going to have in your starting lineup, or at least you're thinking about. I don't want to tell you to sit the fourth receiver on, you know, a team that's middle of the road as a passing offenses uh, roster. That's silly. That helps you 0%. What I do with the go play is I believe that these people are going to exceed their expectations and their projections via ESPN's projections. That's what I use this upcoming week. So feel free to go play them with confidence. That's my opinion. Then I have my go praise. It's basically you have people who will probably be in your starting lineup, but I'm letting you know, I think they're not going to exceed. I think they're going to come under their projection via ESPN. So you might want to take a a bit of a dart throw somewhere else to try to get more points. Got it? Good. Now I'm going to give you my ranking. There's certain players I'm going to stop on so I can just kind of tell you a little bit more context to why they're ranked there. So we're going to start with quarterback and the number one quarterback this week to me is Patrick Mahomes of the Chiefs against the Vikings at Vikings. 
Jalen Hurts of the Eagles at the uh, against yes at the Rams, and then number three is Anthony Richardson of the Colts against the Titans. He's at home. I'm gonna stop here for a second. Prior to the news that was released today, or actually yesterday, I believe, um, Jonathan Taylor got 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 his pay. I think it was this morning. Um, three years, forty-two million dollars. Um, I think he's got like. Uh, 20 million of a guaranteed or something like that. I need to go look at the details, but I just saw it while I was doing something else. But three years, 42 million is the is the contract. Good for him. He deserved the money. I'm glad they were able to resolve it and things went right. The reason I'm stopping here is because Anthony Richardson gets a little bit of a bump down. He was my number two quarterback this week. With a return of Jonathan Taylor, it does kind of muddy the waters. I think there'll be more carries that are handed up, uh, given to uh, Jonathan Taylor, as well as Zach Moss eating into some of the carries that Anthony Richardson was going to get, specifically because he's had his own injury issues and they want to try to protect their young franchise quarterback, uh, one of the, 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 the better young quarterbacks in the league. He and CJ Stroud are doing some real good work so far. All right, my number four guys, Josh Allen, the Bills against the Jags in London. Number five is Kirk Cousins of the Vikings uh, at home against the Chiefs. Number six is Joshua Dobbs of the Cardinals against the Bengals at home. I want to stop here for a second. Joshua Dobbs is killing it. I think that he is fourth in rushing yards for quarterbacks this year. Um, he's top five in fantasy football and points per game uh, for quarterbacks and, and more of a standard scoring, which is usually four points for passing TDs. He's just doing real good work. So I had to rank him here. Uh, the Bengals are a tough uh, matchup, but he did well against both the Cowboys and then proved it wasn't a fluke doing it against the San Francisco 49ers just a week later. Number seven is Lamar Jackson of the Ravens at the Steelers. Number eight, Tua Tagovailoa of the Dolphins against the Giants. Number nine, Jordan Love of the Packers at the Raiders. Stop here for a second. Jordan Love should get more credit because that Raiders defense can be porous. I think what they're going to try to do is take some deep shots on him. I think he'll also utilize his legs. That's why I have him ranked higher here is because I think he'll have to run sometimes and get loose from the pursuit of a guy like Max Crosby. So that's why I have him ranked so highly this week. Again, I'm not trying to play things safe. I'm trying to give you my actual projections of what I think people are going to do here in PPR formatted rankings. And I think Jordan Love can be a top 10 quarterback this week. My number 10 guy is C.J. Stroud of the Texans at the Falcons. Number 11, Matt Stafford of the Rams uh, against the Eagles. Number 12, Trevor Lawrence of the Jags against the Bills. I want to stop right here. Trevor Lawrence has not been good this year. And it's okay. He's talented. He has a coach that's trying to get things done. I think that this is a week when they allow him to do some different things. And even though it sounds counterproductive, I think they let him use his legs a little bit more just to get him kind of going. Number 13 is Dak Prescott of the Cowboys at the 49ers. Number 14 is Joe Burrow of the Bengals at the Cardinals. I want to stop here. Joe Bur Burrow is ranked much higher than this uh, on ESPN and probably some other sites. I just don't see the scrambling ability from him. A lot of checkdowns, and even if he does throw some touchdowns, it'll be passing, and it won't be from a distance. I actually expect more out of the, the backfield this week than I do from Joe Burrow, and we're going to discuss that in a second. My number 15 guy is Daniel Jones of the Giants at the Dolphins. Say what you want to say, but Daniel Jones still provides a lot of value with his legs. He's number two in rushing yards for quarterbacks this year, only trailing Lamar Jackson, and that gets the job done in fantasy football. My sleeper is Ryan Tannehill of the Titans at the Colts. Listen, the Colts have played pretty damn good defense against the pass. Again, I need to look for someone who can produce. And I think with the play the heavy play action from Derrick Henry, Ryan Tannehill can take some advantage and start to hit receivers down the field. Look for him to really start to do some work this week.
Now we're going to move on to the running backs. Again, there's 20 of them. We're going to start with a guy who's been the number one running back this year. And oddly enough, not, not even oddly, he's been pretty much the number one player in fantasy. Uh, that's Christian McCaffrey of the 49ers against the Cowboys, even with their stout defense. Uh, Bijan Robinson of the Falcons against the Texans is number two. Number three is Josh Jacobs of the Raiders against the Packers. Oh, that's an error. There was an error there. Josh Jacobs is not ranked number three. Number three is David Montgomery of the Lions against the Panthers. My apologies, folks. Number four is Joe Mixon of the Bengals at the Cardinals. I want to stop here for a second. I think that the Cardinals will be more apt to give up some yards to the running back, which they've done this year, than they will to that passing game. So expect the Joe Mixon, even if it's checkdowns or just running uh, in general, to be the beneficiary of this against this Cardinals defense. And that's why I have him ranked this highly. Number five, Tony Pollard of the Cowboys at the 49ers. Number six, Derrick Henry of the Titans at the Colts. Number seven, Brees Hall of the Jets at the Broncos. Want to stop here? I discussed this. Even though I have a lower scoring game in mind, just from a realism standpoint, I know they want to try to get after it against the Broncos. That's what the Jets want to do. Brees Hall is not on the snap count. We've all, all talked about this at nauseum. I'm sure you've heard in other places. But while I think he's going to be the beneficiary from a fantasy standpoint, still hedging just a little bit and don't have him as high as some other people may have him. But I do think Brees Hall could have a really big time game here. Mentioned him earlier at number three, which was an, an, an error. Number eight is Josh Jacobs of the Raiders against the Packers. I think he will get some of the benefit of something we're going to talk about with a wide receiver position and some checkdowns going to him since I think that there'll be a shadow situation happening. Number nine is Travis Ntn Jr. of the Jags against the Bills in London. Number 10 is Alvin Kamara of the Saints at the Patriots. Say what you will. He hasn't been the most efficient runner in the last couple of years, but with Derek Carr's arm the way it is, I can expect him maybe not to get 13 receptions, but somewhere around five to seven, which in PPR formats is, is gold and 50 total yards, maybe a touchdown. So it's pretty good top 10 caliber situations there. My number 11 guy is Aaron Jones of the Packers. I think Aaron Jones might also get some check downs here. That could be super helpful, and he works in concert with Jordan Love in this scenario because it's just not happening with A.J. Dillon. And honestly, um, I don't know if they just need to trade him or what needs to happen, but that's just not clicking this year for some reason. Number 12 is DeAndre Swift of the Eagles at the Rams. Number 13 is James Conner of the Cardinals against the Bengals. Number 14 is Kyron Williams of the Rams against the Eagles. I want to stop here just for a second. Expect this to be a trend. Kyron Williams, who's been killing it early on and is a trade candidate, if you can trade Kyron Williams for a Brees Hall, I would say do it. Here's a couple of reasons why, and I just want to get into this to try to help you out. I think that Kyron Williams has done an excellent job uh, doing what he's been asked to do. The problem is he's getting 20-plus carries each week, handling special teams duty, and that's just too much for him. That's why he's banged up and on the injury report. But furthermore, guess what just happened? Cooper Cup came back. They're not going to get the dump offs and, and short passes to them. They're going to keep feeding Cooper Cup and Puka Nakua and sometimes the tight end. Kyron Williams is a good sell high candidate for a guy like Brees Hall. And considering that his production has been so stellar, you can possibly get another usable piece. You could literally get something like a Brees Hall and Tank Dell. That's a usable flex right there for Kyron Williams. I, I would actually say that that's a good one. You might even be able to get higher on that if people aren't paying attention and get someone like Nico Collins from that same team. So 
Just look at other rosters, see what you can do to try to get a guy like I said, whether it's a Brees Hall or even if someone's panicked on Josh Jacobs, I think he'll get going throughout the, as the season and the schedule softens up. Number 15, Devon Achan of the Dolphins against the Giants. Number 16, Jonathan Taylor of the Colts against the Titans. I want to stop here just for a second briefly. And why I want to stop here is now that he has his contract and all that, they're not going to try to give him a bunch of carries because I don't think he's going to come out and say, give me a bunch of carries. They're going to try to ease him in. I think he's going to end up with somewhere between 14 and 17 carries. I think Zach Moss will also get some requisite carries there, probably, you know, anywhere from eight to 10. I think you'll still have Anthony Richardson running the ball. I just think that they'll want to kind of ease this guy's way back in there because if you look at that division, uh, Emory Hunt said this before the before the the year, and I said the Titans, and it's all a hodgepodge. I think they're all two and two, but the Colts could really win this division. I think every team in this division is two and two. The Colts look like a good one now that they have Jonathan Taylor back. The Titans look like a fine one as well. Everyone picked the Jags, but something's missing there to me with the Jags, and that schedule is a killer one. And then the Texans are sneaky, sneaky, sneaky. If you have faith in your team and you're a Texans fan, go put some ducats down on them to win the division. They have the longest odds as far as I'm aware of. All right, number 17. Here's one that is a checkout. He's doubtful, but I have to list him here because if he does play, he will get all the work that they can give him. And that's Saquon Barkley of the Giants at the Dolphins. Again, I'm ranking him here because I'm doing it before anything else. Granted, he has been thought of as doubtful, but I've seen weirder things happen. Number 18, Raheem Mostert of the Dolphins against the Giants. Number 19, Isaiah Pacheco of the Chiefs at the Vikings. Then number 20, James Cook of the Bills against the Jags over in London. My sleeper is Craig Reynolds. This one is simple. You might have noticed that Jameer Gibbs is missing from my lineup. Just because Jameer Gibbs is not only listed as doubtful with the D designation, he's not going to play. Um, I could remove Saquon Barkley, like I said, but all you would do is just have 19 people ranked this week. And a good replacement could be Craig Reynolds. Granted, David Montgomery is going to get a bunch of work, but this team is going to be without Amara St. Brown. I think they're going to lean on the run. They get up early and get up by a lot. Craig Reynolds will get all the run he needs. And if this guy's getting all the run he needs and he has, you know, a quarterback who's like, okay, even if we call a pass for some reason and it's not open, uh, check down Charlie to the running back in a PPR format. So Craig Reynolds is a good play, especially in daily fantasy. He's probably really low, probably the bottom barrel number because they don't change things after the Monday but prior to the games. Those prices are set unless something crazy happens. Okay, on to the wide receivers. There's 25 of them here, and let's run through them. Number one until further notice is going to be Justin Jefferson of the Vikings. He's the only, against the Chiefs. He's the only reasonable number one overall selection that's not named Christian McCaffrey if we were to redraft. Number two is Tyree Kill of the Dolphins at the Giants. Listen, I wanted to put him lower, except I can't. I know that I said the Giants might try to be scrappy and make this happen, but I can't. <laughs> Tyreek Hill's Tyreek Hill, man. He's got to be ranked up here because he can take two short passes to the crib and he have two receptions for 127 yards and two touchdowns. That's just how he rolls. Number three is Jamar Chase of the Bengals at the Cardinals. I do not expect big over-the-top plays, but I expect a lot of chopping wood, kind of how they did against the Rams on that Monday night game. Expect him to get 10-plus catches, even if it's only for 105 yards. But in PPR format, that's eating. That's 20 points. All right. 
Number four is Cooper Cup of the Rams against the Eagles. I think because of what he's been doing, he's been working out, he's been doing all the stuff. I think he's ahead of schedule. I don't think that they're going to limit him like you would see in some places. And also, let's go ahead and be honest. They will feature him. What I mean by that is, let's say they get down by the goal line. You know what they're going to try to do? They're going to have at least one down where they try some foolishness to try to force feed Cooper Cup the ball. Because they want to make sure that their guy knows you're still our guy. That's why I have Kyron Williams ranked lower. That's why I think Puka Nakua is going to kind of have a lower day as well. We're going to talk about him later. But yeah, Cooper Cup is going to be force-fed the ball. Number five is Stephon Diggs of the Bills against the Jags in London because he's Stephon damn Diggs. Number six is A.J. Brown of the Eagles at the Rams because they're going to be throwing the ball. Number seven is Nico Collins of the Texans at the Falcons. Listen, he might get the A.J. Terrell shadow, but let's go ahead and be honest. Are we certain? Are we certain he's going to get the shadow? He's been killing it, and until he doesn't kill it, I have to give him the credit where credit to due. Number eight is Michael Pittman Jr. of the Colts against the Titans. Again, I think that he's going to get work. He's been getting double-digit targets virtually every week. Number nine, Puka Nakua of the Rams against the Eagles. I said force feed the ball to Cooper Cup, and I still believe that, especially near the goal line. But guess what's going to happen? I think he's going to be open more often than you think, and the Eagles struggle against the pass. This team is the most pass-happy team in the NFL. The Rams are, so expect Puka to get a bunch of targets as well. I expect both of these Rams receivers to have at least nine receptions each. Number 10 is Devontae Adams of the Raiders against the Packers. I want to stop here for a second. There are several things that go into this. I think it's less of the whole, oh, it's the, you know, the the what is it? What do they call it? The the revenge game. All this stuff. I think it's less of that. It's not only more than a year after he's gone. Aaron Rodgers isn't even there anymore. What I think it is is the Jahir Alexander shadow game. What I think it is is the they do know how this guy operates, so they will do some things to frustrate him. Maybe funnel him inside so that they can get some hits on him that he might not like. And that's not even a judgment to him. No one likes getting hit. So, not going to knock Devontae Adams out of the top 10. But what I'll say is, this is the week when he underperforms his expectation. Number 11, C.D. Lamb of the Cowboys at the 49ers. Number 12, Debo Samuels of the 49ers against the Cowboys. Number 13, Garrett Wilson of the Jets at the Broncos. Number 14, Devonta Smith of the Eagles at the Rams. Number 15, Jacoby Meyer of the Raiders against the Packers. Stop right here. The beneficiary would be Jacoby Myers. In the two games he's played, because he was in a concussion protocol in one, and then his quarterback, Jimmy Garoppolo, was in a concussion protocol in another one. He's had 12 and 10 targets. This guy is being looked for, and now you're going to have your best receiver being shadowed. Guess what? There's a trust factor between Jimmy G and Jacoby Meyer, and I think that Jacoby Meyer is going to eat this week. Number 16, Brandon Ayuk of the 49ers against the Cowboys. Number 17, Calvin Ridley of the Jags against the Bills in London. I want to stop here for a second. Things are trending down, trending down. He only had two targets last week, right? Agreed. They're under, I think, week one, and I even said it. They're going to try to feature him, and they did. Now they're just trying to win damn games. And... I think this week he doesn't get the shadow. There's no Tredavious White. I think actually their best corner is going to be in the slot. So I think that Christian Kirk is going to be affected. So that's going to allow for Calvin Ridley to get over the top and get some big plays. And that's why I actually have Trevor Lawrence ranked pretty well at 12. And so I expect a big play, maybe even two out of Calvin Ridley. 
but that's more for standard formats than PPR. Number 18, Jalen Waddle of the Dolphins against the Giants. Number 19, Romeo Dobbs of the Packers at the Raiders. Stop right here. Romeo Dobbs is the best wide receiver on that team right now. It's not Christian Watson. He's the most talented. It's not Jaden Reed. He's gifted in his own right, but he is also super young. Romeo Dobbs is up there doing work. He's the best route runner. He's the best pass catcher. He looks like the guy. And if you can go pick Romeo Dobbs up in your league, which I picked him up in multiple leagues, that's a good place to go. Number 20, Zay Flowers of the Ravens at the Steelers. Number 21, Chris Olave of the Saints against the Patriots. Want to stop right here. I understand that Chris Olave is super talented. I understand that they're going to be frustrated or he's going to be frustrated that he had such a poor outing last week. The poor outing wasn't because of game planning or scheming. If Derek Carr's shoulder is still messed up, which I assume it is, Derek Carr is going to be checked down Charlie against Bill Dan Belichick because Derek Carr does not want to turn the ball over. And I know Christian Gonzalez is out, but that won't truly matter. And what won't truly matter about it is Bill Belichick's going to scheme stuff up. Bill Belichick was doing work last year against teams with no Christian Gonzalez. Now we got J.C. Jackson back, and even though I don't think he's going to be an immediate impact player, for some reason, people play better for Bill Belichick than other people. Just period. So, Chris Olave, temper your expectations here, and it is not a Chris Olave thing. It is strictly a Derek Carr and Bill Belichick thing. All right. Number 22, Tank Dell of the Texans at the Falcons. Number 23, Adam Thielen of the Panthers at the Lions. Number 24, Josh Reynolds of the Lions against the Panthers. And number 25, Marquise Hollywood Brown of the Cardinals against the Bengals. My sleeper for the receiver position is the sleeper that I said on my Picks 11 uh, spot. It's Rasheed Rice of the Chiefs at the Vikings. They're trying to ramp him up. Now, do I think he's going to have 200 yards receiving or something crazy? No, but I think if there's a receiver wide receiver that you want to take from this unit it's going to be the guy who's getting not only the run but the targets and doing something with them she rice is getting more and more play sky moore has been out there and guess what sky moore is just not doing the job sky moore might just be a miss for this offense not as a football player but for this offense so she rice is a good one to grab and stash and if you have to play him because you're in a deep league you might end up getting some some solid wide receiver three, if not wide receiver two production this week because the Vikings secondary does not want to cover anyone. All right, we're going to move on to the tight ends, and there's only 10 of these guys. We know where to start. Tight end number one every week until otherwise I'll put on notice is Travis Kelsey of the Chiefs at the Vikings. Speaking of that game, number two is TJ Hawkinson of the Vikings against the Chiefs. Number three is Sam Laporta of the Lions against the Panthers. And I can actually make a case that he should be number one this week because with Noah Mara St. Brown, it is very, very possible that he leads all tight ends in targets and production. He has been eating with Amara St. Brown in the lineup. Sam Laporta is getting things done, but it's hard to take the two guys ahead of him off of their rankings because it just doesn't make sense at this stage. Number four, Darren Waller of the Giants at the Dolphins. I really think that they're going to try to force feed Darren Waller this week. Number number five, Mark Andrews of the Ravens at the Steelers. Steelers are going to try to take Mark Andrews away from Lamar Jackson. They will not be successful, but they will slow him down. Number six, Evan Ingram of the Jags at the Bills. Number seven, Tyler Higbee of the Rams against the Eagles. Number eight. Zach Ertz of the Cardinals against the Bengals. Number nine, George Kittle of the 49ers against the Cowboys. Want to stop here. The Cowboys aren't great against the tight end position, but what is great is 
the 49ers' ability to make George Kittle disappear. Because George Kittle's whole job, and it's everyone's job, but more than some other tight ends, his job is to block and make sure that offense functions. So if that's the case, I expect him not to have big numbers against the Cowboys. Although, I can't take him out of the top 10. Number 10 is Luke Musgrave of the Packers at the Raiders. Remember, he got hurt and put in a concussion protocol against the Lions 10 days ago. So, with that being the case, I think he'll be back. I think he'll be good to go with that extra day especially. And Luke Musgrave is been more dependable than some of those wide receivers on the roster not named Romeo Dobbs. All right, my sleeper tight end is Dawson Knox of the Bills against the Jags because might as well take a dart throw at a guy that plays with Josh Allen. All right, my defense special teams. Number one is the Detroit Lions against the Panthers. Until the Panthers show me that they can do more than they've been doing, I have to pick virtually any defensive relevance against them. Number two is the New Orleans Saints at the Patriots. I don't trust the Patriots offense. I don't think it's good. And the Saints defense, even as bad as it was last week, their down game was giving up 26 points. Yeah. Number three is the Dolphins at against the Giants. The Giants can't block anyone. They made the Seahawks defense, which isn't that good, look like world beaters. They had either 10 or 11 sacks. Absurd. Number four is the Ravens at the Steelers. Number five is the Patriots against the Saints. Again, say what you will. I don't think Derek Carr is okay. That being the case, I think the Patriots defense, even without Judon or Gonzalez, still gets the job done. Number six is the New York football Jets at the Broncos. Number seven is the Houston Texans at the Falcons. Number eight is the Bills against the Jags in London. Number nine is the Green Bay Packers at the Raiders. Stop here. The reason that I put them here, even though I think that the Raiders will still move the ball, is because when have they not turned the ball over? I think Jimmy Garoppolo is tied for the league lead in interceptions with six. He didn't play a full game. Like, he's only played three games. He's throwing two a game. I think that the Packers can, even though Jimmy Garoppolo will figure out a way to get the ball to those receivers and they'll get some some solid numbers up, I think that they can turn the ball over. I think that they can get sacks on them, and that's part of the problem. Number 10, the Pittsburgh Steelers against the Ravens. That sounds so counterproductive, right? The Ravens should destroy the, the Steelers. Well, the Steelers' defense still plays well against Lamar Jackson for whatever reason. So I think they can still get some pressure on him, maybe get some sacks on him, maybe even get a turnover because he's been fumbling the ball, and it's very unfortunate because it's always a bugaboo for him. The one thing that he doesn't do is usually he doesn't throw picks even against the Steelers. And then my sleeper defense sounds silly, except they're ranked 19th on ESPN.com. The Dallas Cowboys are the 49ers. Why does it sound silly? The Dallas Cowboys defense has been killing in three out of four games. They have looked like world beaters. Here's the other thing. I said this on my show on Turf Talk Thursdays. I think the Cowboys win this week. I think they beat the 49ers. I may be crazy. We'll all be watching Sunday night. But I like the Cowboys defense against the 49ers this week as a sleeper. If you have them and you don't have a good replacement defense, don't replace them with someone who's not like replace them with Detroit or New Orleans or something like that. But don't don't get too cute. Don't even replace them with the Texans. I know I have them ranked higher than them, but don't even do that. Don't even don't get too cute if you don't need to. Okay, so that's all of the rankings for each of the positions of relevance. Now we're going to go through my go play and go pray. Again, go play means they're going to go over their projected uh, expectation. Go pray is I expect them to go underneath. 
but these are probably people you have in your starting lineups. So I'm doing one quarterback, two running backs, three wide receivers, a tight end, a flex position, defensive special teams. No kickers, I'm sorry, nothing, no offense, but yeah. All right, so the goal plays exceed their expectation. Quarterback, Anthony Richardson of the Colts against the Titans. Running back, David Montgomery of the Lions against the Panthers. Running back, Joe Mixon of the Bengals at the Cardinals. My receivers are Michael Pittman Jr. of the Colts against the Titans. Nico Collins of the Texans at the Falcons. And Calvin Ridley of the Jags against the Bills in London. My tight end is Sam Laporta of the Lions against the Panthers. And then I like Brees Hall as my flex of the Jets at the Broncos with the New York Jets defense at the Broncos. Because to me, that one is a personal game. All right, my go pray lineup expected to come under their projection. Quarterback is Joe Burrow of the Bengals at the the Cardinals. I know that one's easy to say. It's Joe Burrow every week. But listen, man, you keep ranking them there because you keep waiting. I even just traded for Joe Burrow in a league for later in the season. But it's Joe Burrow this week. My running backs, Kyron Williams of the Rams against the Eagles. This one is easy and I could replace it, but I did it earlier in the week. Saquon Barkley. Other Giants at the Dolphins. My wide receivers are Devontae Adams of the Raiders against the Packers. Again, you're not sitting him. Just temper your expectations. He's probably not going for 10 for 147 and two touchdowns. Wide receiver Chris Olave of the Saints at the Patriots. Same thing. And then wide receiver DeAndre Hopkins of the Titans at the Colts. I think that the other receivers have some breakout. I think DeAndre Hopkins will end up with like five for 55 and no touchdowns. 10.5 points is not getting the job done. He's on your roster. He's probably being either started or flexed, I should say. Maybe you need him on your bench this week. Jake Ferguson of the Cowboys at the 49ers. I think that the 49ers handled the, the tight end position pretty damn well. And I think they shut down Jake Ferguson this week. My flex is George Pickens of the Steelers against the Ravens. Again, I, I, my two must-sits were Chris Olave and George Pickens this week because their quarterbacks are too injured. And then the expected to come under projection, I have the Indianapolis Colts against the Titans. They're ranked really high, I think fourth on ESPN. I expect them to be outside the top 10 because I expect the Titans to score some. Watch out for Nick Westbrook, Akina, and some of those other players, Chigakonkwo, to get those touchdowns from Ryan Tannehill, who is my sleeper this week at quarterback. All right, folks, I went through a lot of information, got you a lot of stuff there, and hopefully it's useful to you. But if it's not, that's unfortunate, but I'm going to keep doing this. Keep sending me your questions, your comments, and I'll keep trying to get you this content out. I'm getting back to good and on schedule. Everything came out ahead of time this week as far as before the games of relevance instead of having to come out afterwards, and that's a big thing. So for the Chopping Up with CJ podcast, this is Chris James signing off and saying, hey, sometimes you just got to sit back, relax, and enjoy the ride. And I'm doing that here in season three. I expected to have some things up and running in certain fashions that I didn't have. And you know what? I'm still going to enjoy the ride. And hopefully you'll do it along with me. Enjoy the rest of your Saturday night. And especially enjoy your Sunday full of football. Take care. Bye-bye.